Welcome back. It's another week of the Every Adrian Brody Movie in Chronological Order podcast, aka BrodyCast. It's me. It's it's Adam. I'm here with Spencer and Greg. I'm Greg. I'm Spencer. Yeah. That We're joke, all here. That joke just keeps on like, getting funnier and funnier. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, I, for sure. I, it's funnier to me, and I think that's really what's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. now we're going to stop explaining the inside jokes every at the beginning of every episode. We watched Bullet this week. Woo! Woof. Yeah, this was a this was a strange flick. Uh, 1996? Yep, 1996. Right? Um, did it get a wide release? Uh, I no, highly doubt it. Um, but Mickey Rourke, Tupac Shakur, Adrian Brody, Downey Wahlberg. Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Uh... A small cameo appearance from Peter Dinklage, Michael K. Williams. Oddly stacked cast for a movie that is arguably about nothing. Um, and everything. Yeah, it's... <laughs> well, okay, so... Take, take away the plot summary. Yeah, it's... So, Mickey Rourke is a convict who served eight years in federal prison for being connected to a robbery. Um the entire film takes place in New York City, uh, and it follows Butch, his name, Butch Bullet Stein, as he sort of tries to reassimilate himself into society after being released from prison and continues to be a depraved individual. Um, and an, an ongoing feud with uh, an inmate from prison, yes. uh, Tank, played by Tupac. Tupac. Inmate in prison? Yeah, yeah, that's how. That's why the beef started. It's very, it's implied. It's not explicated, but it, oh. Tupac and Mickey Rourke shared a cell or served time together. Yeah, and that's how Tupac lost his eye. It's because Mickey Rourke took his eye. I totally missed that. Entire. Yeah, it's I. <laughs> that, I got that from the Wikipedia summary. Yeah, so. honestly, me too. I did not. I didn't catch that I part. Totally catching them. It the, makes sense for sure. So. It's Mickey Rourke trying to be trying to go back to life outside of prison, basically, and he can't do it. Um, and Adrian Brody plays uh, Mickey's brother, whose name is Ruby Ruby Stein. Um, Ruby is a sort of unwitting accomplice to a lot of the depravity that goes on. Um, he's also a painter. He just wants to paint. He that's he's just wants to be an artist. Yeah, um, a very good artist. Yeah, he's he's incredibly talented, um, despite taking a five inch knife to the to the hand. Um, so yeah, that's there's not a lot of plot really. Um, it's a lot of a character. It's more of a character study uh, than a plot driven film. So not a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> as far as like point a to point b yeah i mean there's just a lot of terrible things that they yeah that they do once you know mickey works out of prison he like immediately stabs someone in the eye and buys a whole lot of drugs and robs his neighbor yeah just does a whole lot of really terrible things and living his best life (laughs) (laughs) like no no one tells him like hey don't do these things now that you're out of prison well i mean at the beginning adrian offers very little resistance he's like ah we sure you uh, you stab that yeah. guy in the eye. Okay, we're just going right back to this. And then yeah. they, and then they uh, shoot heroin while driving. <laughs> oh yeah, classic. There's, there's move. a whole bunch of heroin in the movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, so there's very little police in, interaction in this movie. Yeah, the one police interaction that 
they have well there are two twice right yeah, yeah there's the police who just drive by them when they're doing heroin in the car oh there are three then there okay. are three i totally the, forgot about the that. second one that i remember is the two undercover cops talking yeah to, to adrian or to adrian Mickey's. and mickey rourke's older brother who uh was a vet who has a lot of ptsd issues now played by ted levine Buffalo Bill yeah. from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, he was actually pretty good. Yeah, he I, was. You know, he was probably my favorite part. Of he movie. was excellent. He was very like disturbing, and I think yeah. that it was by design. He was he was great. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go into Broad. Wait, where's the third part? The police. The, well, the third oh. one is when Brody is um, vandalizing that building, right? Oh, right. And right. then yeah. the cops just tell him to get down, and then he flips them off, and then nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. fade to next scene. Yeah. 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 Like most of this movie. So the Broad Code. Broad Code. Greg, you want to give us uh, the Broad Code? Spencer. Spencer, Three minutes, 42 seconds. Brody is decked out in a black duster, Mm -hmm. black pants, a red and black shirt of some kind. A Ooh, rocking that sick goatee. Oh, that goatee is just... uh, It's a carryover from Solo, I think. I think he just kept... (laughs) They must have shot this back to back. And they're like, you know what? We like that. We like we like what you got going on in the in the facial hair department, and so he kept it. And some Lennon sunglasses. Oh yeah, those John Lennon sunglasses and a fat ass forty. Yeah. And they're they're picking uh picking Mickey Rourke up from prison, and that's that's where we first see Brody. He doesn't have a lot of he doesn't really talk too much in that scene. It's just Lester and a friend. Oh no, Lester is Lester. Friend. Yeah, Lester and 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 Mickey talking basically. Yeah. And so we're introduced to Brody early on and his his appearance and involvement in that scene is somewhat representative of his appearance and involvement for the entire movie. He just is kind of there and is a side a side character that he, doesn't really amount to much. Well, I think he's his character represents uh hope. Like he's he's kind of the one person in their family mm. that like has a chance. Because Bullet was already in prison for eight years, and the older brother has PTSD from war. I mean, it, Bullet says it at the end too that Brody's character has, you know, he's got a chance. Like he's got to get out of here, mm. or he's just gonna get dragged down like the rest of us. He's the one that at least still has a little bit of a chance to tap into his potential to make something of himself. And he, I mean, throughout the movie, he also he has, has a couple philosophical things, which don't yeah. really make a ton of sense. But right, I do think he he's. He's like, you know, I have the. Like, he has he has opinions that are bigger than just trying to get drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, think he he's like a plot device almost. He's like the the one thing that Bullet cares about in this world is his little brother. I mean, he seems to care about Lester, in a certain way. I agree. Yeah, that's true, but I think mostly he cares about his brother. Yeah, yeah. So. He's he's we're, he's we start we see him right at the beginning basically. I mean. He's, he's 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 there. In a, he's in a lot of the first act, I would say. And then he kind of fades away yeah. a little bit. He comes in at the end again, but we don't really see much of him in, no. the, in the middle. Well, cuz he gets he gets stabbed in in like a I don't even know what that was, like a drug raid gone wrong or something, like It was like yeah. a drug robbery. That was no uh, that they happened to be just like you know, around. Yeah. 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 And Brody hits someone with his car and then immediately like on purpose hits someone with his car and then immediately gets out of the car as if to apologize <laughs> to the person that he hit and then he is stabbed in the hand and then it follows 
very closely Mickey Rourke and Lester basically for the rest of the of the flick. Yeah, well, once he stabs his hand or gets stabbed in the hand, we really only see him like painting. So he like paints that building or vandalizes the building. He paints on a wall in the bathroom. We just really only see him painting until the very end of the movie. Yeah, the fact that he got stabbed in the hand, I mean, could have been way more tragic than it was. It really did not yeah. affect him at all or like his dreams at all. Yeah, no, it almost seemed like it served as like a like the impetus for him to start painting more. You know, it was like kind of like the it's weird. Yeah. That was the thing that made him be able to paint more, but it would seem like it would do the exact opposite. Right. I I assumed it was going to be the opposite. Like, oh no, I I said, oh no, he's, he can't paint anymore. Right. But he that's not what happened. He wasn't pained pained. He wasn't pained at all. If they stabbed him in his dominant hand. Yeah. And he just had it wrapped with some gauze and it looked like duct tape. And then he and put paint on it and then used it as like an apparatus to paint with. Right. <laughs> uh, so so let, let, let's go on. Uh, is it a good movie? Uh, I, I go, I'll take this first. I mean, I, I, I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a great movie. I, I didn't. It felt long for an hour and a half movie, which which I don't I think is not a good sign in general. Totally. I mean, Solo. Solo felt a little bit long too, but it, for the most part, it was a breeze. This movie felt long to me. I think that it, I, I didn't really get anything out of it by the end of it. We were talking about this before we started recording. Um, I, I'm gonna say no. It's in the upper half of movies we've seen. Mm. It's better than a lot of the movies we've seen, but I think that that just goes to show that the average of the movies we've seen have been not good, more so than this movie being <laughs> good. <laughs> yes, I agree. It wasn't. It definitely felt long. I think that's also due to the fact that we watched it in pretty poor quality. You know, you you that's never fair. really want to watch like what was it two forty p or what, however we watched it. Uh, so it, it definitely felt long in that sense. But I agree. Uh, I think it's been better than some other movies we've seen, but definitely not objectively a, a good movie. I think. I am going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to say that it was it it was a good movie, but it's not a good movie in like the classical sense. I feel like where we like something happens in the movie, <laughs> right? It's like you you know the the Avengers kill fucking whatever the guy's name is, right? Ultron, right? At the end of the movie, like there's a conflict. Yeah. Like there's no real conflict in this movie, but I. I enjoyed it because I felt like it was kind of clever. It, like it was slick in the way that it was portraying the mindset of someone who is sort of fucked up. So you're saying it's a good movie in the art film sense? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's it was an art movie, I think. Like so did it make you feel it well, it it did. I mean, I definitely felt that one thing that I felt was just like the slow passing of time because it was fucking interminable. Like it, <laughs> it just took forever to, for anything to happen. It moved at a glacial pace. Let's say that, but it like still, I do love the camera work and the editing and how it was a lot of like dissolving and using weird sort of like stylistic um, tricks to sort of impart a feeling that like of of the main character and onto the audience like when they were the scene with the heroine when they're driving right that was a i thought that was kind of clever how it was you know kind of all wavy and in and out and sort of things and they were doing those weird long dissolves where it's not 
you never hold on a shot fully. And so everything kind of just bleeds into one another. I, I thought that was, I thought that was fascinating and I, I thought it was well done for, for what it was. I don't think dissolves really stand the test of time. You never really see dissolves anymore. I think it, it just makes it look super nineties. I, I disagree. I, I mean, you don't see dissolves anywhere. Like super long dissolves. I like, mean, they're, it's like a stylistic choice, like a super long dissolve. Like you're doing it for a purpose. Like, you know, dissolves are, you see dissolves all the time. You might not notice it. Like if you watch an episode of Saturday Night Live, like a lot of the times if you have like a, if they have a musical performer, like a lot of the cuts like that are on like the, the switcher are dissolves. You just, you just that, don't notice a, it. I mean, there's a musical performance. I would say that's. Well, but you said you don't different. see dissolves anymore because it feels like 90s. Well, in, in movies. I don't think that the dissolve specifically, well, it could. I mean, it could attribute to it, but make it good or bad one way or the other as far as I think what you're saying, Adam. Oh, I'm or, just talking about your the point. You mentioned that there were a lot of dissolves. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, there yeah. are a lot of dissolves, and I did not like them. Oh, I didn't dislike them. I didn't dislike them. I, I think that we we'd used the word impressionistic before. I think that's what they were going for. In that way, if I remember correctly, it kind of reminds me, and it's also just the setting and – the way the characters were it reminds me of ten benny a bit and mm. that it's just kind of you know sort of young people that their lives are kind of screwed up and yeah. they're surrounded by their surroundings surrounded by their surroundings they're surrounded <laughs> by their environment and just kind of stuck in it they're some of them are trying to get out some of them are just accepting where they are and that movie if i remember correctly there were some impressionistic parts yeah that we sort of liked that movie was a much longer but I coming out of both of them, I think I feel the same way that it didn't, it wasn't effective to me. It didn't add to the experience or necessarily take away from it. I think it, if anything, it it maybe gave it a little bit more of an interesting aspect because of the lack of plot, but overall it didn't make me feel like it was a good movie as opposed to if it didn't have it. And that's, that's, I guess what my, my point is, is that like, it's not necessarily it doesn't make it a good movie, but at least it made it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it was something to at least think about. And that's what I, you know, like to me, if I'm like thinking about the movie after it's over, it's a, it was at least successful in one respect. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give it more, I'm going to put it higher than like solo or, or even 10 Benny because it was a little bit, I don't know. There was, it seemed like it had a little bit of depth it despite tried. the lack, it, right, it, it attempted to, yeah, you gave to it give the illusion of depth. Some points for effort. Yeah, you know, it's a C. Yeah. I'll, it's a I'll, C. Also, I'll also say I, I like the acting in it. Yes. I mean, it, it had a star-studded mm-hmm. cast. Mickey Rourke was, was pretty great as a, the ex-con who, you know, was sad. Doesn't, <laughs> he, was, he was very sad. He, was very sad. <laughs> He's, he, he doesn't know how to deal with, with post, post-jail life. Yeah. I, I like the act. Brody was good. Yeah. Mickey Rourke was great. Tupac was great. The guy who played Lester was was great. I actually didn't like Tupac's performance. Is that is that wrong? No, I, I thought Tupac was better than I thought he. I, Tupac's character is terrible. Okay, yeah. that maybe that's Tupac's character is bad. I think that he did a, a fine job with what the character was. And he was the big bad guy, and he had like six lines. Like, there was not enough of a conflict, or at least an explicit conflict, between him and Mickey Rourke's character to make us feel like he was a believable bad guy. No, and you guys had said before the Wikipedia plot summary said that they were in prison together. I did not understand that. I, I, <laughs> I don't. Is that tied to those dissolves that we kept seeing that Mickey Rourke was seeing with a, an African American mm-hmm. guy who was 
somewhat from prison. But they, I, that was, there was so weird. That was never explained of who that guy was. He saw that in his mind when he was fighting one of the, the cronies of, mm-hmm. of Tupac's character. But I that didn't make any sense no. to me. <laughs> Yeah, there was no explanation. I went off on a little tangent there, but I just wanted to bring that up because it didn't make that didn't make any sense to me as far as plot or an impressionistic sense. I mean, they were trying to give you the impression of something, but like if you don't know what the fuck they're trying to do, (laughs) it's it's kind of I don't know. It just gets lost on people. Yeah, that that made absolutely no sense. So I guess maybe that's what makes it an art movie is that (laughs) we have no idea what happened. Yeah, my issue is the overall. The overall, I guess, fight between Tupac and Mickey Rourke's character, I under, I don't understand where it started before the guy getting stabbed in the eye. Mm. That's like the guy getting stabbed in the eye. That seemed like Mickey is just trying to fight Tupac, but then the other people were like, "Oh well, Tank's gonna come after you now," and he's like, "I don't give a shit. Have Tank come." I don't understand why he felt that way. Initially, I don't understand, dude. I don't understand the background of their their argument and how he, I guess, how he. Stabbed Tupac in the eye in the first place, which I guess yeah. was in prison. It, it's not important. It is no, but that that's, but that was that's like, what the whole movie hinges upon. Right. <laughs> that's the over. That's the overarching what carries the movie from the beginning to the end. The main conflict is right. something that we had to pick up from the Wikipedia summary because it wasn't explicitly mentioned in the movie. Right. Well, I mean, it wasn't even much of a conflict. They barely talked it. Like that's it, what the issue is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh. It's, it's, it was the main conflict was nothing. <laughs> I mean, which makes it more, like you said in the beginning, Spencer, more of a character study. I'm, gonna, You know what? I'm recanting my previous statement. This movie was stupid. <laughs> Officially? Yeah, this movie was stupid. I'm going back. I'm glad, well, you're, I'm glad you joined us. Well, <laughs> I, felt, I wanted to be contrarian for a second, <laughs> but I can't, I can't keep up with this. It's let's, terrible. Let's bring this back to Brody. Uh, how does he impact the movie? Brody was, I mean, okay. Brody's character was one of the more interesting parts of the film i would say brody's performance was one of the better performances of the film i don't think that his character had too much bearing on most of it aside from the simple fact that like the main character he's the main character's brother and so like you know he has that there's that relationship that that you know blood is thicker than whatever like it's other than that he was just kind of there like he had some great scenes i thought like him like talking about art and salvador dali like that that was great but i didn't understand its inclusion or why his character was talking about it i agree i don't know why his character was talking about that i, I think that overall i agree his performance was good i think his character was useful i think that i think his character was was necessary because of the idea of hope and that was he was the only aspect of hope in the movie both for Mickey Rourke and for himself, I guess. Um, I, I think that it was the movie was hurt by that whole time when he just wasn't in it. I think both because it was just a lack of Brody, but also because he just got stabbed and that was a big moment. And they could have taken advantage of that in many ways, and then it could be oh Hope's dead because now the one guy who loved the, he had the thing he loved and he can't do it anymore. And they, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because then the movie would have just been way sadder. But I don't. I think that he was he was essential to this movie. I think he was the most essential character. I think he played his character very well. Absolutely, and um, I think that all goes back to the part that there just is no plot to this movie, like the fact that they didn't do anything when he got stabbed in the hand, just because 
Is, was that a choice, maybe, to make to have no plot in this it's movie? It's so weird that we don't even really see the like. How does his brother getting stabbed affect Mickey Rourke? It we don't like it, you don't even see them together. Like after that, they don't. The, yeah, I, I yeah. think the argument could be that before that, Mickey was okay with having his brother around, and even though he told him like wait in the car, but at that after that point, he was just like he didn't. You don't seem invited. I guess that could be an argument. He doesn't want mm. him around at all, so he doesn't get hurt again. But that's not explicit. Yeah, I was about to say they could have said that. That's, yeah, that wouldn't have hurt yeah. the movie if, if he just right. said that. If Mickey and, and Adrian had an argument, and, and Mickey was like, "I'm trying to get in the game," or uh, sorry, if Adrian's like, "I'm trying to get in the game," and Mickey's like, "No, get the hell away." Like, it could have. They never had conflict, right? Which may have been a good thing to see for them as brothers. Well, and so that's interesting that you said that, like. Adrian's trying to get into the game and like I don't you think that that would have been much more successful if when Mickey Rourke gave his speech about like this is how the game fucks you up or whatever you know to those like two guys that he threw or threw all their clothes off the building at the beginning Mm -hmm. would that scene not have been way more effective if he was giving that talk to Adrian or if Adrian was just he's Adrian was in the background for a bit if Adrian was there the whole time and they cut to Adrian's face and he's like (gasps) You know, he's he. Um, you guys can't see me right now. I look shocked. Um, but <laughs> it but he, it, it's it, you can. It's hitting Adrian that it's affecting him. I, I think that the fact that Adrian sees a guy get stabbed in the eye and it doesn't affect him is is a scary sign that he's not affected by violence. There's so mm. much been so much violence in his life, but he doesn't even seem shocked by that at all. No, none of the three of them are like <laughs> annoyed that. Or well, scared that somebody just got stabbed. It was yeah. more annoyance. They were just kind of like, ah, oh, God, another yeah. bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Always with the eye stab. It's <laughs> yeah. just, <laughs> yes, it's, right. It's the second guy. Stab Tupac and this other guy. That's his move, I guess. I don't know. It's he effective. Hates, he hates eyes. Yeah, just like the brother's move was the, the throat slit. Like, the, everyone has their signature move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adrian's well, got the Salvador Dali quotes and... <laughs> Yeah. Well, so it's funny have. that he's, he's called bullet and he, his primary weapon is his knife. Good point. Did mm. he shoot anybody? No. Did he ever shoot a gun? Yeah. Why was he called Bullet? Great question. <laughs> was there ever a, a reason why? Mm. Not that I know. It starts with a B. I think it's right. Oh, like yeah. Butch. But Butch is like a like a nickname, right? You're not born Butch. It said, I mean, it said it on his tombstone. Yeah, his very nice tombstone, by yeah. the way. Extremely nice tombstone. Oh, yeah. Know. Bullet dies. I don't know if we ever discussed that. Oh yeah! Surprise! But, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> he gets killed by Tupac while Adrian looks on. You know, I thought they were gonna use Adrian as like bait, or like mm-hmm. Bullet just gonna trade his life for Adrian's, but that doesn't happen. No. Oh, talking about the impressionistic part one more time. The cross cutting between um, Bullet getting like stuck outside, and Tupac comes up to him with a gun. That was cross cutted with what's his name, Lenny Lawrence, Lester, Lester. Fucking these two girls in the bathroom. Two chicks at the same time. Two in the credits. They're outrageous girl number one and outrageous <laughs> girl number two. Uh, and in, in, I mean, it's referenced earlier that he's he seems to be potentially struggling with his sexuality of whether he's uh, homosexual or heterosexual. But th- the cross cutting between those two things had no connection to each other well, and made no sense. You know, I'm going to say that it didn't happen at the same time. That was cross cut with something else. What? Yeah, Wait, not, what? it was cross cut before Bullet and Tupac meet outside. He's having sex and like Brody's in the bathroom talking about his art. Right. Uh-huh. So it's like slightly before what was cross cut was 
uh, a train constantly, mm. you know, driving by. Right. You know, funny you should mention the train <laughs> because I feel like this movie gives off an unrepresentative uh, look at how the New York City subways work. <laughs> yeah. I, there is a point. The, basically, if if anything takes place outside, one of the elevated trains is in the background and is running every single scene, like without it, without fail. And that is, I don't know. I mean, maybe the subway service has drastically sort of deteriorated in the last 20 years, but there is... That was unrealistic, and it stuck out like a sore thumb. A I do, sore thumb. I want to give some credit to the sound guy, whoever's doing sound and post. Because if you, you know, if you lived in Chicago or New York, those trains are loud. That's you can't, fuck. you can hardly hear each other, even even the outside ones. And the sound was clear. I mean, I could mm. hear everybody speaking correctly, but when they were on set, they must have had a hard time hearing each other. You'd think. <laughs> I would think. So either they. The sound guy did a great job recording on set, and I'm sure they dubbed it again afterward just to make sure everything sounded clear. Yeah. But great job, sound guy. Yeah, yeah shout out shout out to the sound guy. Uh, let's move into Adrian's line of the week. It's an appropriate time. Ooh, I, know what, I know what mine is off the I, top. I got one, too. I, I know what mine is. Can I go first? Yeah. He said, so this is near the end. We're probably five minutes out from the end of the movie, and Adrian is inexplicably painting his brother's face on the wall of the women's bathroom in a club that was his brother's face yes it was supposed to be bullet oh i i, I think i don't know, it looked like mickey Rourke to me i don't know oh. um but he he is explaining something about it and he says personally i don't give a flying fuck about whether or not anyone likes my work or something along those lines and i thought that was a great great line just because i also feel like that was that was Adrian talking. That wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't Ruby Stein. That was that was Adrian Brody. He you know he's he just is putting stuff out there. Well, he doesn't give a shit. It's funny because Brody is now an artist. Maybe he was inspired by his role in this movie. I, I mean I like that mindset though. That you know it's just kind of like I'm doing my thing. I don't care if people like it or dislike it. It's just I'm doing me. And that was. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck, and I, I also appreciate the phrase "flying fuck." I don't know why though. Okay, that was that was my line as well. Hey. I, got, I got another one from the same scene. That's not as good of a line, but I enjoyed it. I think it was pretty much the first or second line he said when he was in the bathroom, and he this woman is criticizing what he's doing or ask why are you doing that, and he says because it's tacky. I'm trying to give it a little class, which is just a strange <clears> thing as a first response. To somebody when you're in a woman's bathroom, why wouldn't she ask why are you in the bathroom first? Because <laughs> I don't think she asked that. But it's like, why are you painting on the wall? And he gives that response, and they're like, okay. I thought I don't really have a great explanation, yeah. but that's all I got. Well, well, I'll go to my line. Uh, it's towards the beginning of the movie Ooh. when uh, Brody and and Butch are in a club, and uh, uh, and and Butch sees that that mm. Brody drew on a on a napkin, and he. He like I guess he asked Brody why he he drew on the napkin and Brody goes, "I do what I do. There ain't nothing else to it." <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, Brody. That's deep. Also, that line or that scene had Brody speaking Spanish. Really? Yeah, he said something like, "Well, you want to you want to dance?" But he asked it in Spanish, which was hmm. I thought was was quite well delivered. 
on Adrian's part. Word to the word to the wise: if you're ever trying to pick up women who are in a place that they speak a different <laughs> language, I guess it helps if you speak that language. I, I makes him anyway. makes him look more like he's. He's know. very cultured. Take it Mickey Rourke didn't look like he fit in there. Well, <laughs> Mickey Rourke, to be fair, in this movie, did not look like he fit in anywhere. <laughs> Which I think <laughs> is important. He also only wore one thing. <laughs> he was wearing his black tracksuit with his bandana and his hood <laughs> and his sunglasses on with the with the, s- the frames outside of his hood <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know. The entirety of the movie. The whole movie. It was... It was weird. I mean, I don't know. The most, what do you think? I'd like, this is not related to Adrian's line at all. But is it fair to say that the most interesting part of the movie was the relationship between Mickey and Lester and like whether or not they were both like into each other? I was definitely surprised by that. It kind of came out of nowhere, but that was the most, that was one of the most natural scenes. Well, I, I'm going to preface that by saying Mickey's just playing baseball, which is a reference from one line earlier that he could have been a baseball star. And Lester just comes out of nowhere with an umbrella. I a, think. Parasol. A, parasol. a parasol. Yeah, not an umbrella. He comes out of nowhere just and starts talking about like having sex. With, oh, t- starts talking about if, if he thinks he's hot or not. No, no, no. Compared it was, to Johnny Blue Eyes or whatever. Frankie Eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I said. But yeah, that scene, that's, it was a very good scene and a very real scene. And it felt like a an honest an honest conversation between two friends about homosexuality. Yeah. The essence of the scene was then Mickey Rourke goes like, Hey, I'm saying this as a friend because I wouldn't lie to you. Like essentially I think you're a, a closeted homosexual and he goes, he, he gets all defensive about it. But uh, I mean, you're right. It was, it was like a brutally honest scene. Use the word latent. Latent. Yes, yeah. Latent, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, he's, Lester's kind of a larger than life personality and is sort of posturing a lot about, you know, all the all the girls that he conquered. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I think it's time to move on to Adrian's overall growth. Hmm. And our definitive ranking of Brody movies. I mean, I say uh, this is definitely this is definitely growth from Solo. Mm-hmm. Like cuz Solo was totally one note and it's not you know, it's not like this. His role here wasn't necessarily, you know, multi-dimensional, but it was. It was more interesting. It was. It was more authentic. More of an authentic, like real, real performance. Absolutely. And I. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that we're on. We're on an upward swing this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he had some scenes where he waxed philosophical, mm. and he also had some sad scenes where. Uh, he was next to his brother, Mickey Rourke, while he was dying, and he, he expressed some uh, dramatic, drama there. Uh, I think he, he got to show a lot of his craft here. Absolutely. Did a huge step up from Solo, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brody's on the right track. Man, it's a consensus. Yeah. Woo. Uh, well, so let's go to the list. Uh, do you, Has this movie made any of your top three? So what did I say last week? It was... I think I put The Boy Who Cried Bitch, King of the Hill, and then it's the third movie I feel like that's always sort of – I will – you know what? I am going to put this at number three just because – You had Jailbreakers is three. Jailbreakers is three. I'm going to put this one at number three, but if only because it was 
well, just like the boy who cried bitch, it was weird. And I, I don't know. I just kind of like weird shit. It was, it, this, it was strange. It, I don't know what really happened. I don't know why it happened, but I, I thought it was interesting. Wait, wait are we talking about top three movies or top three Brody performances? It's top always Brody movies. performances. Fuck. I keep on forgetting that every time. Yeah, it's, it's always been Brody performances. Okay, then never mind. This doesn't crack the top three. Just because. Well, what you think Jailbreakers is better than, or maybe Ten Benny, is better than this. Ten Benny, I think, is better just because it. He was more, like he was a central character, like he was the guy. Yeah, but still, in Ten Benny, I don't know. He, it wasn't a good movie, and he wasn't really a leading. Like he was the lead actor, but he didn't really seem like a leading actor. If that makes any sense. I mean, I think those same criteria could apply to this movie, right? I mean, we've all we've all agreed this movie wasn't very good, <laughs> and he wasn't like he but wasn't he the was, leading he was character. A ray of sunshine in he it. was a ray of sunshine, but he wasn't the leading. No, I, I, I mean this was that. a this was a Mickey Rourke tour de force. Oh, absolutely! But we all agreed that that Brody made it better, so I'm gonna put this in my top three. I am also. This is gonna be number three for me. Uh, I'm gonna put two. This week, I'm going to put two is Boy You Cried Bitch and one is King of the Hill. Ooh. You, you switch it up every week. I just say, you know, it's how the spirit moves me. <laughs> um, that's, that's all I got to say. Uh, King of the Hill is still number one for me. Uh, I'm going to say, ugh, I'm going to put this as two. Damn. Whoa. Almost three. Yeah. Boy You Cried Bitch. Wow. Holy shit. Dude, but him as the crazy sergeant giving orders in the classroom you're saying that so, that this so, movie was better so spencer by you arguing this what are you what's your order where are you putting boy who cried bitch boy who cried bitch is number one wow what? king of the hill number two and you know what i'm putting this at number three wow i totally have been completely wishy-washy about this entire thing but i'm i'm riding the wave i'm riding the what was this movie called Bullet, bullet, bullet wave. <laughs> I'm on. I'm riding a bullet. Hang loose, dude. Woo. <laughs> yeah, number three, bullet. Okay, our bottom threes. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Still got um natural born natural killers. killers. Yeah. Forever number one. <laughs> For number forever number negative one. New or, York stories. Yeah. Angels in the outfield. Uh oh, Angels in the outfield. I'm putting New York stories in solo. Solo, solo? is bottom yeah. three. Dude, solo sucked. <laughs> That movie was terrible. Solo was enjoyable. It Ooh. was enjoyable, but it wasn't like I like so bad it's good movies, but that movie was just bad. I disagree. I uh man, I don't remember what my third bottom is. I don't remember. I don't in the I'll, just, I'll just throw ten many in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, ten, yeah, he, yes. Ten Benny was not good. Okay. Sorry, Ten Benny. Dude, but Paul Noon, he wore the Ten Benny. <clears throat> uh any scene this week that Makes it into the top three. Yeah. Uh, oh, makes it top three. Or any scene that sticks out that you want to... Yeah. I, the, the scene that sticks out for me, I'd mentioned it before, but when it was cutting between the... I believe it was the robbery of the house mm. and Brody painting. Yes. Is that, is that the same timeline? I think. It was, I, I don't put, remember. I put robbing... Slash cross cutting with Brody painting on the wall with cut hand. Yeah, I don't remember the, the timeline. 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was after it, he got stabbed. It crosscuts between three three scenes. Yes, yes. I, I Brody is himself. They don't really show his face, but I just liked seeing his hands. I like seeing mm. Brody's crafts. And it, part of this also, I want to throw this out here quickly. I think that Brody had more fun making this movie than any other movie we've seen so far. And I'll tell you why. Because he gets to play as an artist, I think that's important to him at this point. I agree, Adam, that that may have had something to do with him being an artist currently in his real life. And which we'll get I'll get to this in the quote of the day, but Brody loves hip hop and he used to make mm. his own beats. He got to hang out with Tupac. Both that's of those true. things I think show up in Brody's performance in this. Yeah. So that's why I love that scene. Well, going off that point, um, I have a scene that makes it into my top three, and it's the Ooh. scene where he talks about his art in the bathroom. Oh. Yeah. Brody is a ladies' man? Yeah, he's he's got like a whole posse of, <laughs> of women. A gaggle. <laughs> as he's explaining his art. And, uh, I mean, he's, he loves art. We know that. He's an artist now. And I think he had a really good time making that scene. You can tell he gave a hell of a performance. That's going as number three for me. I nice. I, I agree. I agree with that. I think, and that was why I, I picked the line of the week from that scene as well. It's because it, it did really feel like he wasn't, that's not like acting. That's, that's just who Adrian is. I feel like he's, he was speaking from the heart. He was talking about something that like he's passionate about. Charismatic. Yeah, he really was. And, and, and you know, you saw the, those girls were enraptured. Oh, they I were, saw it. <laughs> they were completely, uh, there was their undivided attention while he, he showed them the way of, of the brush. My number one scene just overall, we, we yeah, number yeah. one scene overall is still the King of the Hill, him running outside <laughs> yeah. in, in the 150 degree heat in St. Louis for summer. That's why I don't know if that'll change. We're a long ways away. <laughs> we still there's we still have splice in the jacket. <laughs> yeah, and we still have the pianist. So I mean we've we've got a ways to go. We got King Kong. So. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean there's so many great Brody scenes coming up. Yeah, like I know that probably you know our our viewers are. You know they're so they're so loyal. Oh, you know, actually, speaking of loyal viewers, I I was we we got to give a shout out mm-hmm. to one loyal viewer who who noticed that our our podcast this week uh, or last week I should say um, didn't go up precisely when it was supposed to. So Ryan O, if you're out if you're out there listening, you you know you stuck around for next week. We just wanted to say big ups to you, my man. We're we're out here. We're we're really thankful that you you flagged us, and we're glad that we could get the podcast up um, within a reasonable amount of time. We hope to have you back on soon, Ryan. Thanks a lot, Rhino. You make this worth it. <laughs> uh, Greg, you want to go into the quote? Oh, sure. Or, uh... We got a little bit of a long one, and the the source, Ooh, I think, I'm is um, <laughs> the, first of all, I. The website's terrible. It's like it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to read. It's hard to Ooh. read the the lines because they're over a Tupac background. So I think it's a Tupac fan site. Um, but it's the source is originally, I think, from Mass Appeal, which I'm not sure what that is. Unless it's the band Mass Appeal, I, I don't know. Probably. Um, okay. The title of this article is Adrian Brody and Thug Life. Oscar winner went bombing with Tupac. <laughs> so just to, just to start this off, uh, Mass Appeal says, so you were in Bullet with Tupac, right? Adrian responds, oh yeah, I went bombing with Tupac. 
Get the fuck out of here. I went bombing in Brooklyn with Tupac. On the wall, he was writing Thug Life before any Thug Life albums were out, and he had it on his chest. I was like, what the fuck is Thug Life? That's cool. I think some of it might be on the wall in a scene in Bullet. I forget what I wrote. Uh, Mass Appeal asks, did you spend a lot of time with Pac? Adrian. Mickey Rourke and Pac's boy had this fist fight, so we're all just chilling, drinking in Mickey's trailer. Pac would come out in a blaze of smoke, and we would all hang out a lot. One night, we shot all night. I finally got one take or two takes because the sun was coming up. I just came through in the crunch. It was independent guerrilla filmmaking craziness. Afterwards, I was hanging under the Major Deegan Expressway in a limo at like four in the morning when I played Pac my beats on cassette. Oh. I remember chilling with Pac. Oh, this this website's terrible. <laughs> I remember chilling with Pac just cruising on the way home in the back of the car, sun coming up. It was a dream come true. It was just one of those moments. Wow. It's just, they, Hell yeah. Again, I just just to reiterate it. I think this being making this movie and being on set with Tupac changed his life. I mean, he clearly had a great time. Like, dang, that was that's a great quote, Greg. That was really yeah. that was really magical. I that's awesome. Don't I, thank me, thank Brody. <laughs> I mean, it's Brody's I'm, quote. I just I'm, I'm just reading it. I'm thanking you for bringing it to my attention. You know, he's describing spending some time with a, a figure who's larger than life, and is one of his his favorite one of the people he already looks up to as an artist. I mean, yeah, Brody had an awesome time making this. That's you know that I'm happy for Brody. I'm really happy for Brody. I let's make it clear we're all happy for Brody. Yeah, I, I also think that when we get Brody on the pod, we're gonna feel like Brody felt when he was in a movie with Tupac. <laughs> Absolutely, we're gonna be making art with one of our favorite Dude, artists. independent guerrilla podcast making. We're gonna be chilling in my trailer. He's gonna come out in a blaze of smoke and. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna be shooting the shit. I can't wait to show him my beats. <laughs> oh, on cassette. He's, we have a yeah. He's gonna have Brody Cast tattooed on his, yeah. on his chest. <laughs> what the fuck is Brody Cast? <laughs> cast right. life. Uh, I, th- I think we gotta start wrapping things up. Uh, let's talk about the movie for next week. Oh, what is it? It's uh, the last time I committed suicide. What? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yep. Oh. Gretchen Mole. Uh, oh, Thomas Jane. Hell yeah, he's just oh. got to find his kids. Yes. Sandman. <laughs> Love Thomas Jane. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Video. For th- like $3, for, right? Yeah, rented for $3. Not bad. Which is how we will be watching it. Did we check the local library? Uh, not sure. Well, you can support it. Yeah, it's okay. true. It's yeah, always spirit. support. Local I have library. a book that's... I've renewed five times, <laughs> and I think it'll be late again. So I'll just I'll support them by giving them a couple late fees. Oh man, I recommend you do this. Those late fees will kill you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week, everyone. We had an awesome time. Hope you did too. We know you did. Yeah, definitely. See you later. Bullet. Yeah!